0: Hello and welcome to the Winning a Business podcast. If you're an existing listener, you may have noticed we've taken a break for a few months and you might be expecting series five of Hitting the Wall podcast. We took some time out to focus on the business and it became clear that it was time to refresh things on the podcast with more focus on what winning looks like. Still inspired by my best selling book, Hitting the Wall, we're going to talk all things winning and what's involved to win at business. In my time as a professional tennis coach, I never once coached a racket or a ball. It was always the player. Business is no different. It's a game, one you can win or lose. Our episodes will focus on what's involved in playing the game of business effectively and most importantly, how to win. Each episode will be a conversation with me alongside my co-host and producer, Shirley Heron, an experienced owner and coach herself. From buying psychology to overcoming internal barriers to marketing and building your team, will aim to cover all aspects of what's involved to play the game to the best of your ability. So, sit back and listen to these short, sharp, punchy episodes and please let us know what you think and what topics you'd like us to cover. Welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about pricing. Shirley, hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I haven't seen you for a
1: I week. Know. No, two two weeks. I think two
0: weeks. You've been quite busy with some stuff, haven't
1: you? Yeah, on another class.
0: Royal Marines.
1: Yeah, been enjoying the we, view. Are we, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah,
0: are we allowed to talk about this, or is this a secret project, or is it a little bit secret? Mm. The Royal Marines. Okay, clothes on, clothes off,
1: <laughs> clothes on, oh, clothes
0: on. Just checking, you know, enjoying the view, just making sure. Anyway, pricing. So this this is you know what in fairness pricing has come up a number of times in the last few weeks, and it really jumped out at me at our locker room meeting last Tuesday, Mm -hmm. or as people are listening to this a couple of Tuesdays ago, and I put my one pager down as I do you know in front of everybody, and I saw a couple of people sit down and look at look at the, the content you know for the day and literally their eyes rolled so far backwards I thought they were going to drop out the back (laughs) of their neck (laughs) and it it really was a kind of oh we know this we know okay and I just and there's two things here one actually the piece about the pricing but also the assumption piece
1: Mm, that attitude
0: yeah and in fairness both the people that I noticed came to me at the end of the day and said I know how far back my eyes rolled in my head. <laughs> but that was one of the best sessions we've ever had. It mm. it was really good. It's really got me thinking about how we're doing our pricing, how we're, um, it's perhaps affecting our sales and also our marketing and the type of people that we're attracting. And I've got a lot of work to do. So mm-hmm. that, that that was really good. But what I wanted to talk to you about today was that that assumptiveness. Because mm. I'm sure you've come across it before. And it got me thinking about... When, um, you know, my old life as a tennis coach, and you're working with four or five-year-olds, we we were teaching a skill through repetition, essentially. And you've probably heard that phrase that, you know, repetition is the mother of all skill. Um, I hate the whole practice makes perfect, because it doesn't. You need perfect practice to make perfect. And, and practice makes permanent, so be wary of what you practice. And I had to... I had to dream up dozens of weird and wonderful ways of teaching the same skill week after week after week after week, so that people didn't get bored. And especially with five-year-olds, they do get bored quite quickly. And I realised after a while that actually, if I did something on a Tuesday with a load of five-year-olds, by the next Tuesday, they'd forgotten anyway. Mm -hmm. It was actually only the parents that remembered what we'd done. So. I found myself kind of pandering to making sure the parents weren't bored, which is yeah, a really weird situation because you probably could do the same exercise with the kids and they'd be really, really, really happy. And then I noticed that my, you know, my daughter, at, at that time, she loved Noddy. Uh, oh, God, she could watch eight episodes of Noddy back-to-back day, after day after day and they'd be the same episodes Mm -hmm. and kids tv's programs are brilliant at delivering the same message in a very subtle but basically the same way and and just bringing circling this back to our room last week i sometimes sit there and go oh what topic shall i deliver what, what can I talk about this week or this month that's going to be fresh and interesting? Actually, I don't need to worry because I think sometimes people need to be in the right time, right time the right space to hear and understand stuff, even though they've heard it before.
1: Well, we've all had that situation where you've heard the same message over and over and over again, and one day somebody says it and you go, oh, I get it now, for whatever reason... That day, your brain was in the right frame of mind to hear that and actually understand what that meant and how you could apply it. But you probably have heard that many, many, many times before, before it actually hit home and made that impact that it did.
0: Now, you work with quite, a f- you know, quite a few of our clients sort of delivering the accountability calls mm-hmm. and stuff. Have you got some examples of that
1: Ooh, I, 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 I can I, I reckon you without giving
0: names away but i'm pretty sure there are one or two where you've kind of been sort of delivering this message over and over again and then it finally drops
1: i'm trying to think of
0: a specific example it's
1: it's a difficult one because i think um I think we've talked about this before people tend to fall into two categories when we're talking about accountability they're either really on it know what they want to achieve go after it hard generally overachieve. Or they have lots of reasons why other things have got in the way. Some valid, some not. Some are excuses. Some are genuine, you know, crises that have happened that week that they have to sort out and they've not been able to spend the time on the things that they've set as goals. But you do find that people who tend to look for those reasons why they can't do something consistently find a reason why they can't do something. Yeah. Yeah. It would be mean to say, "Oh, these." And I'm trying to pick my words really carefully here, because it would be mean to say that that many people have a lot going on in their personal life, with family, with other things, you know, health or whatever's going on. But to an extent, we all have that in one way or another. So, do you choose to work around that and still find a way to achieve your goals, or do you choose to say, "Well, I can't do my goals, can't make progress"? because this other thing, these other things are getting in the way. And for me, when I hear that, I think they're not really getting in the way. They're actually just more of a priority than the goals. And that's okay. But be, I I always think, be honest with yourself. If your priority is family, then make that your priority, make that your goal and go, everything else is incidental. If it happens, it happens. But my goal is family or my goal is health. And Work kind of fits around that. If your goal is, and your true priority is work, then to an extent, other things have to fall in around achieving that work goal. You know, Julie, for example, she's just been to crafts mm. For a few months, her life, she's lived and breathed crafts. all her preparation, and especially that, that week that she was there. Everything else may have happened, may have been a priority. She's got family stuff going on as well. But her priority was crafts, so other things had to fit in around that. Other people have got priorities with family, yeah. and so their work falls in around that. I just think be honest with yourself.
0: Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting because we've gone from talking about pricing and <laughs> having to hammer the nail home in different ways that people understand it to how people are really good at manipulating the situation to, mm. to suit themselves. And I do think the two things are linked because... I wonder how much, um, how much people, when they're hearing things that they know are going to be beneficial for them, make up that story. Can kind I of mm-hmm. create the narrative so that they have a reason not to do that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, and it might sorry, it might be that they're not in the right space and they just need the excuse or they're not ready to hear it or, uh, you know, circumstances dictate that they're, they're too busy or whatever it is. But I think that honesty piece is, is quite important. We've, you know, I've, I've lost count of the number of times I've been in rooms and we've, you've said to somebody, you know, it, if you did this, it would make a big difference. And we know it would make a big difference mm-hmm. because I've done it, this other person's done it, they've done it it works and they go yeah 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 yeah, and they come back and they say oh, i haven't got around to doing that i haven't got around to doing that and then they go away and they perhaps speak to somebody else who says have you thought about doing whatever this thing is and they do it mm-hmm. and it's really easy for us to go well why didn't they do it when we said it mm-hmm. but actually i think a lot of it's down to timing and where they are in their
1: own heads yeah, absolutely they have to be in the right mental space to hear that message, and to to take action. And sometimes, you know, it may just be that at that moment that this person said, have you thought about X, other things have cleared a little bit in their life, that means that they've actually got not only the emotional space to, to take that message on board, but they've actually got time to do something about it. Whereas you might have said the exact same thing, but at that particular moment in life, you're not aware of, but things are going on in their personal life, mm. that just mean that they're overwhelmed, or they're busy, and they're they understand that it could impact their business in a really positive way, but they just don't have mental, emotional, physical space because of other stuff that's going on to actually take that on board and and run with it. It's not right or wrong. It's just there are moments where things align and without getting too woo-woo on it, but you know, they they do. Sometimes things align and sometimes they don't. And it's not right or wrong. It just is.
0: I, I always remember when I met my now wife and she said to me, oh, I wish I'd met you, you know, years ago. And I made some joke about being in school because she's <laughs> a little bit older than me. And um, it's always stuck with me because I think she was right. If we'd met a year before or a year later, it probably wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. But At that point in time, it did. Yeah. You know, it was the, it was the right person at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's relevant because it's the same with information. I think you have to be in a place to take on board information in the right way. And you, you, it's, it's almost like a trilogy of things. You need to be open to it. Mm-hmm. It needs to be delivered to you in the right way so, th- so that you're able to take it in. And it needs to be delivered to you at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think if all those three things align without being (laughs) Mm woo-woo, if all those three things align, you can almost have an epiphany. You can almost have a moment of, oh, my God, this this is, wow, this is amazing. Even though you've heard it a dozen times before in different places, from different people, in different ways, perhaps when you weren't ready to hear it. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think just going back to kind of goal setting and stuff which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think you also have to be honest about what is your true priority. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to sit in an accountability call and say, somebody's, you know, me or you is saying, what are your goals for this quarter? And you think, okay, well, what should I achieve? And what you should achieve and what your real desire underneath are not necessarily the same thing. And I'll use myself as an example so I don't embarrass anybody else. (laughs) But I had to do a lot of soul searching probably a year or maybe two years ago and actually say my true priority isn't work. My true priority is actually health. And I find that really hard to take on board because societally, we're told that especially as as business owners, you need to make your business a success. You need to work hard at it. You need to put extra time and extra energy into it. And there's almost a guilt. I was feeling a guilt of, of going, well, actually, I'm choosing not to do those things because I'm choosing to put all of that energy and time and, and effort into health. And I felt guilty. I felt like I, like I couldn't do that. Mm. And so I'd keep fighting trying to make business goals and try to put more effort into business. And what happened is I made my health worse. Yeah. And then I didn't have the energy to put into my business goals. And so not only did my business goals not be achieved but also my health goals weren't either and it was really really hard for me to say actually categorically my health is the number one thing here if I don't feel well enough to do it I can't do it if I need like I switched some of my working hours so that I try not to work so much in the mornings because I need that morning time to actually get going I quite often work in the evenings because that works better for me but it's understanding what I needed for my personal goal that that once I'd started prioritizing my true goal health, the work stuff fell in behind it because now I was working to my best where I was making sure that I felt healthy enough, which meant I had the energy to do the work stuff instead of fighting it the other way. But for a long time, I did fight the other way. I did fight to do what everybody tells me was told me was the right thing to do what society says you know you should be working 60 hours a week you should be i don't know growing your business taking on stuff whatever it is and that wasn't right for me but i felt this real responsibility almost to fit that mold that other people had made
0: it, it's fascinating how things kind of tie together in the right time because i listened to a fantastic podcast yesterday mm. and I can't, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy and if I remember we we can put it in in the links in the podcast. But he was talking about being happy and a lot of what he said really, really resonated with me. And the thing that, one of the things, one of the many things in this episode that stood out was this um, principle that, of I'll be happy when. Mm. And it starts in school. Um, Because I'll be happy when, when, comma, when, is bound up with, I'll be happy when I'm successful. And that, that starts in school with grading marks. Mm-hmm. Because whatever we say, our, our marks are based on how well we do against our peers in that year group around the country, it's weighted. Mm-hmm. So what the school system is basically saying is y- you are better or not than your peers. And I think that stays with us. Mm-hmm. Everything we do when we then go to, you know, you know, if we go to university, if you go and get your jobs, it's all about promotion, it's all about the next step, it's all about earning more. It's all about, well, when I earn more, I can have the bigger house, I can have the faster car, I can, you know, have the nicer clothes. And when I have those things, I'll be more successful. And we've as a society, we have equated being successful with therefore being happy. And um he 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 talked about this wonderful thing that he uses with his patients sometimes where he'll say to them so i'll i'll, I'll do this with you because he did it and it was really quite cool if you're okay so name name me three things just just three things that make you the happiest you like doing that make you the happiest
1: sleep okay <laughs> Bye. seeing friends yeah not being in pain
0: not being in pain okay so Let's forward you to being on your deathbed. Mm -hmm. That sounds really morbid. And then looking back, how much time did you spend doing those three things?
1: Yeah.
0: And you you talked, you know, two, three minutes ago about are people picking the right goals? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I think if we kind of – look, I know this is a business podcast, but I I think – i 'm very strong about people um, identifying what success means to them mm. what winning means to them and winning the danger with the word winning is it, it conjures up images of beating other people actually, mm. I think winning's about beating yourself, not beating yourself up <laughs> but being better than you were yesterday it's winning mm. against yourself a lot, a lot of it is that, it's that rocky quote of you know the the, the, the toughest opponent you 're ever going to face is it's the yourself. guy you see in the mirror. Yeah. Okay, or the girl you see in the mirror. And if, if you've got those anchors of three things that truly make you happy and you decide that th- that, that happiness equates to success, then spend time and, and don't regret not time spent doing or building things to enable those things. So you are working on, your, on, on the, the pain-free bit right now. Yep. Okay, you'll be able to look back and go, do you know what, I, I am pain-free, I spent most of my recent life pain-free yep. because I chose to do something about it. Rather than having that regret of, I wish I'd done something about mm. it. Now that doesn't have to be the, at the expense of the, the business because arguably your business gives you an opportunity to help fund being able to pay for you to be pain-free. Yep. In the same way that I don't necessarily want a bigger house. Um, my car's big enough, thank you. We're probably <laughs> going to get a smaller one next time around. Um, but the things I do are anchored to the things that make me happy as well, and, and I can't trip those three things off my tongue. As and you struggled with, with yeah. one. Uh, one of them is definitely spending time with friends. I think the other is is spending time with other people and helping them achieve their definition of success, because that makes me happy. Watching other people achieve. For themselves for the right reasons mm-hmm. makes makes me really happy the third i'm still working on I don't, it might just be reading a good book yeah. you know it could be that selfish and that simple but i want to be able to look back on my life and go well did i strive towards those things did i build i've chosen to run a business and to build a business because it gives me greater opportunity to do those things rather than just wor- work towards having the bigger house and mm-hmm. the faster car like in competition with everybody else chasing that
1: but this is where it's important to know what you want yeah. out of life yeah. because society is really good at saying you're only good enough if and oh. this comes back to what you're saying what is what's what success but mm. even in the self-employed world there, there is a pressure that i think most people feel to have a bigger business to have staff to increase their turnover because by being perceived to bring in more money because you don't necessarily just because you have a bigger business and your turnover's more doesn't mean that your profit margin's more. But society, even other self-employed people perceive that if you achieve those things, then you're successful. Then you can have a bigger house, go on fancy holidays, buy a car. And those are ways that society sees us being successful. But what if success is spending time with friends, not being in pain, having more sleep you know that that doesn't mean that you're not successful Correct. just because there are fewer outward signs of success yeah you know i made a choice because of my health to not work full time i'm fortunate you could argue that because i'm self-employed i get to choose that you know that that's a choice that i've made it also means i don't earn as much money but that's a choice that i've made based on what my priorities are mm.
0: And those priorities in the future may change when you are not in pain as much and yeah. your health is under control and you feel like you can commit more to it if that's what you want to do.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, similarly, <clears throat> I, I don't live in a, in a very big house. I actually live in a small flat. And I've had quite a lot of stick from people saying, well, why don't you move house? Why don't you buy a bigger house? Why don't you, you know, well, how could you possibly be happy in a small flat? And I don't think I'm going to be more happy because my f- square footage is bigger, yeah. you know, but there's a perception that yeah. you will be.
0: Yeah, yeah and there's and then there was some data showing that by all available evidence, um, through quite vast surveys of people, that once you have enough money to have food, shelter, um, enough to kind of buy you the, the things that make us happy, just, well, just to do things, much, much more than that doesn't change your level of happiness. Mm. So they've, there's, a, there's been a lot of research on asking people how much they earn um, and what their cash and what their liquidity is like mm-hmm. and, and, and asking them to measure the, themselves on a scale of one to 10 of how happy they are. Yeah. And, and there comes a point, I guess, on that, the, 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 you know, the uh, Maslow's pyramid hierarchy yeah. of needs, that you only have to be sort of three, four steps up on that pyramid. You don't need to be at the top or anywhere near the top before any higher on the pyramid doesn't have an impact on happiness. Mm. So I think it's important to recognise that, look, we started this episode today talking about pricing. <laughs> <laughs> or it was meant but to that be. impacts and
1: because pricing is reflected in your business and choices you make in your business. But your business is reflected on what choices you make for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My favourite phrase, it's all right for you, dot, dot, dot. Mm. We all make choices. Mm. My brother smokes. Mm. I don't. He spends a lot of money on smoking. I don't. But when he says to me, well, it's all right for you because you get to go on holiday, go out for dinner. Mm. Well, that's, but I choose to spend my money on those things. Yeah. That's what's important to me, seeing friends and, you know, having holidays. Mm. He's made a choice, whether he realises it or not, to spend money on smoking, which means that he doesn't have money to go on holiday. Yeah. That's a choice. Yeah. We all have to make choices. And coming back to what you set as your goals, you make choices about what's important to you. And if you don't think about it, you might make choices about things that, setting goals about things that aren't actually that important to you. And then wonder why it's always a struggle and you make excuses to not achieve them and you feel frustrated. And, you know, maybe that's when people need to spend time is actually thinking what is important to me.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff.
1: I know. <laughs> so if
0: you were going to summarize or help me summarize uh, what we've talked about today, because we've, we've gone off on some tangents, yeah. which is fine, which is good, because I like it when we just go down that rabbit warren and see where it takes mm-hmm. us. Uh, What have we covered?
1: Choice, I think. What is important to you? What's important to you? And really be true about that. Not what do you think society tells you is important? What do you think your friends are going to say is important? Or your family or whatever? What is truly important to you? Because everything else will fit in. It will slot in. You just kind of have to have a little bit of trust that it will. And that's quite hard, but it will slot in. Um, and I think just making sure that you are making the choices for you and not because and it's kind of ties the same thing together but not because society or your friends your family your partner your kids whatever tell you that that's the right choice
0: perfect brilliant so I'll see you
1: next week next week
0: amazing have a good
1: one thank you
0: You've been listening to Winning at Business. We really hoped you enjoyed this episode. And as always, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, get in touch and we'll do our best to make it happen. Don't forget, you can also get your copy of Hitting the Wall, the book that inspired this podcast from Amazon and other retailers. Bye for now until the next episode.